welcome. This is the podcast from Scoop Empire. It's the 13th of April and welcome to Behind the Scoop with Mark. On the podcast today, very excited. We've got a TV chef and we've been wanting one all the way through Ramadan. Uh, she is May Yakubi and she is the star of May's Kitchen and she's got loads and loads of great cooking tips. She's got some recipes for us as well and what to eat and what not to eat in Ramadan and why perhaps you shouldn't do suhoor. All that's coming up in just a little while. But before we get to that, it's time right now for what I hope is the first of many in this new little feature I'm calling Correspondence Corner. Yes, this is where we look at our mailbag of all the emails and tweets and messages on Insta and also obviously letters and telegrams and other things that you've been sending in about the podcast since we started uh, 22 episodes ago. If you want to get in touch, by the way, it's mark at scoopandbuyer.com and all the usual social media channels. And this week, of course, we had Abu on the podcast a few ago. Uh, he's got the new single with Miriam Ferris and Ahmed Haytham, um, and that's doing big things and going viral and all that kind of stuff. And we had Hassan on the show, uh, the man behind the Morshedi group, last week, and it's a big song for them. Well, this has not gone unnoticed by someone called Mohammed for Miriam Ferris. Uh, on Instagram, who has been getting in touch with me in every way possible on social media to ask for Miriam Ferris to come down here and be on this podcast because he said it's not fair. He said, you've talked to Hassan, uh, you've talked to Abu, all about Zahra. Is she next in line, uh, says Mohammed for Miriam Ferris, and then sends other messages saying, we want Miriam Ferris as a guest on your podcast. Well, we shall see. Let's hope that she hears this call, Mohammed, and uh, she'll be coming on very soon. We can but wait. Now, also, Samuel Temsah got in touch with me as well and says, Mark, we wanted to thank you for the great values you deliver through your interviews. He must have been listening to some other podcast. And he says, trust me, I am not exaggerating when I say that I learned something new with each podcast, especially the cancer one. And he loved the Amina Khalil one as well. Samuel, thank you very much. Checks in the post uh, for getting in touch with us and telling us uh, about that. You can get in touch and tell us your views on the podcast. I may read them out, even if they're horrible. That is not an invitation for horrible ones, but you are welcome to mark at scoopempire.com. Now then, let's get to some of the news in our region. And Suits, which seems to be a TV show that we're talking about a lot at the moment, is getting into some legal action of its own. This is with a clothing company who claims that they didn't pay for the suits uh, which they had ordered from them. And the production company of Suits is now countersuing and asking for £20 million in compensation, Egyptian pounds, uh, for defamation. And they're demanding compensation for that. I'm sure they know a few good lawyers. Meanwhile, over in Mecca this Ramadan, the Grand Mosque is receiving visitors with fragrances and incense. This is the first sensory perception uh, that you get uh, when you go to the Grand Mosque. And during the holy month of Ramadan, they use more than 20 incense devices that will be increased to 60 in the final 10 days of Ramadan. Very nice indeed. And some happy news from further afield and Britney Spears has revealed that she is pregnant with her third child. This is months after winning her legal conservative... 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 That thing where her dad just kept her a prisoner. That thing. Conservative... Uh, there you go. Anyway, she won that and now she's having a baby 
and uh, we wish her the best of luck. It is Behind the Scoop with Mark, and our guest on the podcast today is May Yakubi. She's a TV chef and star of shows like May's Kitchen, and has been seen on TV screens not only here in the Middle East, but around the world too. May has got a few recipes to share with us on the podcast today. She's got loads of cooking tips to get through as well. She's going to tell us what to eat and what not to eat in Ramadan, what really makes her mad, and why sometimes it's wise not to do suhoor, and so much more as well. So welcome to the podcast, Chef May. Hi, Mark. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being with us. Now, a time for uh, even more cooking than usual, but surely there's someone at home to do it for you because you've been cooking at work all day. Actually, surprisingly, nobody cooks at home. The maximum at home, you know, I have help. Uh, as a working mom, I have a stay-home nanny, but um, the maximum I'd ask her to peel some potatoes or onions so she would make my life easier when I come back from work. While I, I cook at work, so I just need some prep at home just to get the iftar ready. Are you a control freak in the kitchen? Because I can't cook, but when I am cooking, I like people not to interfere and give me advice. Yes, I am. I have to admit, <laughs> yes, I am. You know, I dictate my kitchen, yes. <laughs> because I feel like... I, let, I, know, I know better, and in my kitchen, I'm a dictator, but... When I'm cooking with people, I like to learn. So uh, I put my ego aside and <laughs> and and <laughs> like learn, especially when it's uh, when it's authentic recipe from, you know, I meet people from all over the world, and I'd like to learn about their their you know traditional food. But when I'm cooking my food, it's like my zone, my food. You just sit and wait and enjoy. Does your husband get a lot of jealousy from his male friends? Uh, whose wives aren't he does. Uh, famous he does. TV chefs. He must, he they does. must think he's very lucky <laughs> to have you. Let me tell you something. When I uh, was uh, when I met my husband, so I, I came to Egypt in 2003. I was living in Dubai. I did my master's at the AUC. I, I studied journalism and mass communication. So I had no long-term friends. I don't have my, you know, connections so i needed to win his friends over because he is very well he, he lived in maadi and you know he has a, a tribe so i wanted to win the tribe so i simply invited them for dinner yeah and i won them <laughs> well they say the way to people's hearts is exactly with food isn't it through the stomach yes 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 i think it's it's a form of love let me tell you this sometimes my husband will tell me we'll invite this person or that person if I don't feel genuinely that I want to cook for them, I, if I have any negative feelings toward them, I can't cook. Otherwise, the food is not uh, you know, as good as usual. So anyone listening right now who had a, an invitation rescinded from one of your dinner parties, <laughs> now thinking, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Actually, we have a lot of, lots of friends you know, at our place. So I made sure I have an outdoors fully equipped kitchen and uh, definitely indoors and a roof kitchen. I, my husband was like, why do we have three kitchens? I was like, you'll see. And then <laughs> it's a blessing. It's, you know, we, we gather and we said, sometimes it's a barbecue, sometimes it's pizza. Actually, my husband learned the perfect Naples pizza and it's music to my ears when people say we would like to be invited for pizza I say <laughs> okay he's doing that work it's a night off for me it's pizza yes. night <laughs> yes it is and yeah. you've got children haven't you uh, are they always because I know when I was young I was always in the kitchen mainly to lick out the bowls or something if uh, yeah. if it's baking day but do you enjoy you must love that being able to be with the kids and stuff 
I enjoy, actually, my son is not into, he's not a big eater. My daughter is not a big eater too, but she is very good in the kitchen. She's uh, now 14. And actually, she almost cooks all her meals. She's into cooking and she's not following my footsteps. She's like finding her own path and I'm letting her. For me, part of the independence is to be able to feed yourself. So I heavily encourage people, men, and women to cook for themselves because it's very liberating and empowering. And I know that my male friends especially are so pampered if they're still living at home with mom. Yeah, They've never they done are. that thing of having to live, live away from home and fend for themselves, even if they're just uh, putting some water in an indomie or something. And the funny thing that actually most of the people who think they don't know how to cook, if they give themselves a chance, especially men, they are great cooks to, you know, unleash inside them. I found so many people who had to cook, especially during COVID, the beginning of, you know, the COVID era. So many people sent me that I'd, I never cooked and they started following me during uh, Corona crisis and they actually found passion for cooking. And I know some who switched careers to cooking. But let me tell you something. I am very keen on keeping this my, my, my job enjoyable and I'm so passionate about it. For example, every program I know of, they have um, content creators for the recipes. Nobody creates my recipes. If I don't sit down every week and think about it and think about each and every value of a recipe. And it's about having that personality, uh, isn't it, May? You have to have that. You can't just be a good cook. You have to be able to connect with your audience and have a passion about it. Or when connect was it with your food and be honest to your food. And copying another successful account wouldn't make you famous. But I mean, we are influencers. Well, I think it's... anybody listening right now, uh, they wouldn't dare mess with you, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm, so. that, I'm not that cruel. No, no. No, no, I don't. I'm just... But you're right. You're absolutely I mean, right. I mean, when you put so much effort, Mark, of when course, you are no, taking right. your, your job seriously, all my friends, they try to advise me, don't to reply back, don't send, don't. I say, you know what? No, I will not sleep before I, it's not revenge, it's nothing. I just have to say it, get it out of my system. We all get inspired by each other. I follow so many, so many chefs on Instagram and it's my honor and pleasure to, to recreate the recipes and learn from them and vice versa. Can I ask you about working on TV? What are the tricks? What are the little, the little tricks that, uh, that we don't know about that you have to do to cook on? TV. Okay, so my program is usually at 12. People get astonished when they know people in the field that I usually sharp 8 a.m. in the studio every single day. Okay, what they tell me, no, you reach a point where you can delegate. I tried once and it was a total mess because you said <laughs> as in the beginning that I'm a control freak. No, I know my recipe. I've been doing it commercially also in a commercial kitchen. I joined my friends in a, in a coffee shop and I've been in charge of, you know, keeping eye on the kitchen and how things are going. And uh, no, you should be not bossy, but you should be firm. It doesn't look like anywhere I'd like to work in a commercial, a busy commercial kitchen of the likes of Gordon Ramsay or any of those chefs. I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because for many years, well, women were the main uh, chefs in the real world, whether in the home or um, in businesses, whether it be for school children, uh, my yes. mom was a dinner lady, or, or for older people or in residential homes. Most chefs in the world were women. 
But all the famous ones on TV making millions and millions of dollars were all men. Men. I yeah. think it is uh, the cruelty, the intensity of commercial kitchens, the time consumed in commercial kitchens. It's dominated by men. I'll tell you a couple of incidents. I was... Uh, developing recipes for a major supermarket chain in Egypt and they have a, ma- a huge factory and I was in charge of creating the recipes and training the staff, the chefs to recreate the recipes and I make sure they are uh, reproduced perfectly and everything. So I would enter uh, a kitchen in that factory and men chefs would rush and get me a chair to sit while they're all standing. And I was like, why, why are you giving me special treatment? I was like, you think because if I'm, a, I'm a woman, I cannot stand as long as you or perform as good as you? I, actually, I'll challenge you. I challenge them to keep up with me that day. At the end of the day, they were all sitting on the floor. We are, we are challenged. <laughs> they were for their we lives. Are, <laughs> yes. No, no, they were like tired. They were, they think they're, they're being kind to me, but this is belittling for me. I'm a chef and you're a chef. I'm here. I'm not a woman or I, I, I treat you as a chef, a person. So we are discriminated against. Yes. in the commercial uh, kitchens. Yes. And let me tell you something. Men sometimes, I know for a fact, when they are working together, they can get more comfortable saying things that they can't say in front of females. Like when work is very stressful, they use some words. And, and women, feel, women would never use those words. And they wouldn't accept. Less, yani, yes. having those words said around them. Yes. Um, in Ramadan, and just generally, first of all, people have a signature dish, don't they? Do you have a particular uh, dish of yours that you would say is the one that you're most famous for or most proud of? Actually, I'll tell you the dish. I It's my signature, and I cooked it for my husband when we were dating, and he proposed. Oh. So I think it's very simple. It's pasta. I like to make my homemade fresh pasta and I like to simplify things for people. Like when I say homemade pasta and people say, huh, it's a hassle. It's just flour and eggs. That's it. But you guys make it sound so easy. It's only flour and eggs, but it, you make it look easy because you're good at it. And then when I try it, it's a mess. Maybe this is the thing, Mark. I don't make them look easy and I simplify it for people. So many people actually tell me, and this is what I'm proud of. So many people hide so much. They don't give all their secrets in the recipes. They keep something for themselves that makes it work. I have a mirror in my kitchen. People actually love the mirror recipes. And I came came up with this mirror. Whenever I'm cooking, I have this, you know, serious uh, face expressions. And my husband is director who directed my show. And he told me, May, you have to learn how to put a smiley face, not be very involved. And he showed me pictures of my cooking class. I'm not frowning, but I'm serious. I burn things and I, even on TV, I keep them. I say, don't delete. Today, actually, there's a video where I burned a taif on national TV. <laughs> and I always say shopping is crucial. If you know how to create your pantry, if we are giving some advices to people who are listening to us, Shopping and pantry organizing is one of the main reasons for success. So if you love Italian food, there are certain things you need to have in your kitchen, like the right condiments for Asian or for Italian or for Indian. For for instance, if you have olive oil and dried rosemary, I'm not saying even fresh dried rosemary, basil, you have a balsamic oil, a balsamic vinegar, sorry, you have Parmesan cheese, get a piece of fish, poultry, uh, steak, and you can 
create an Italian dish. It's very simple with some let you can take it to Italy. Okay. Let me tell you about because people will want to know the recipe that I had my husband uh, propose yes. after. It's called salmon rose sauce pasta. So basically, it's a mix between tomato sauce and cream. I'm not a big fan of just white sauce. I like it, but not all the time. I actually get some smoked salmon, some spring onions. I take the white part of the spring onions with some olive oil and just saute it really fast and then put my uh, smoked salmon. So many people asked me, we didn't know that smoked salmon could be cooked. I was like, why wouldn't it be cooked? Like the umami, it, it will dissolve in the sauce because it will become very flaky when you, when you know, saute it. So it's not to be like, not to expect chunks. So then you add the tomato sauce and I prefer canned Italian tomatoes. They're not expensive, but they are, you know, canned at their premium. So they're very plum and very sweet. Are you with me, Mark? I am with you. I am yeah, with you. Yeah, okay. So you're so involved in the recipe. Okay. My, my mouth okay. is watering. <laughs> okay. Then you add cream and let all that simmer. The balance is like it's pink sauce, rosé sauce. At the end, parmesan, black pepper. Then preferably your homemade pasta ravioli, whatever you want, spaghetti. I usually do fettuccine or, you know, tagliatelle. Mm -hmm. So you just put your pasta there and let it simmer. Let it absorb the flavor. I don't like when you have the pasta and the sauce just put on top of each other. You have to marry the flavors. Then you serve it on top of it, shrimps. But I serve it with seared salmon steak, some basil. And this dish is so balanced. Everybody who tasted it went crazy. It's like, wow. Yes, absolutely. I just want to talk about uh, one of the foods that is very big in Ramadan before we go. Um, every afternoon as I'm walking uh, back home and you go past it on every street, the smells are coming out, getting ready for iftar and it's soups, all the different soups that are bubbling away, yeah. all the different sauces and, uh, and stuff like that. And one of the big advices, of course, uh, in Ramadan is to start with a soup. What is your go-to soup? You know, we call it orzo soup. We call it samasfur. Yeah. But I add to it frozen vegetables that are actually made for soup. Has some parsley, some carrots, some uh, peas, some tomatoes. I would uh, also say that in Ramadan, the things that we don't usually eat after Ramadan, sambusa. Mm -hmm. And today I learned that actually sambusa is an Arabic recipe that traveled to India and ah. I read it somewhere today that th India should thank the Arabs for sambusa. So <laughs> because it's it is, the, it, the it, door. Is a, it is a big cause of con uh, a cause of argument with me and my friends about yes. is it the minced meat ones or is it the cheese ones uh, that are the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the kunafa, is it the mango one or the yeah. cream one? And during Ramadan, uh, do you think there's anything that people should stay away from putting into their feasts at night? Okay, usually I'm doing on regular you know, basis, I'm doing intermittent fasting. If anybody is asking me and I get asked this question millions of times, it's not that I have the perfect body or I'm so thin or model-like, but I'm not you know, overweight while being around food all day long, all year long, is intermittent fasting. I start eating at 12. I'm allowed to drink. I have a lot of water intake. Just any, and you're allowed to take actually a little bit of skim milk with your coffee. So I, I don't miss my coffee in the morning. I put sweetener, coffee, and skim milk. And I froth the skim milk and it's perfect. And then I stop eating at 8 while I sleep like at 10 p.m. So during fasting, we are, if we eat heavy, Let's not take suhoor. Keep yourself light. I, whenever I eat heavy at suhoor, the next day is hell. Thirst, hunger, 
uh, exhaustion. So allow your uh, stomach to digest whatever you had at iftar. And the thing I wish I can follow, I wish every year I say, I will break my fast with rib and dates. I do that. And I say, I would go first pray uh, and start making, this is what we should do. Start cooking after iftar. We should break our fast with dates, sambusa, soup. And then the mother should be cooking while she is not fasting because yeah. it's not fair. And then attend to have your heavy meal and then have suhoor, like something very simple, a sandwich, drink, uh, uh, you know, some nuts. But every time either I have, you know, people for iftar or invited or I'm too hungry or I think the perfect way is to break the meals like regular days. Small meal for for breakfast, which is breaking the fast. Then yeah. the lunch is your heavy, heaviest meal. Then dinner is light. But the lifestyle of the country doesn't allow it. Uh, well, mate, Yukubi, it's been absolutely fabulous to talk to you. You're a you are a same here. The force of nature, and, and we've got some lovely cooking tips there, which I know people will absolutely love. And it's just great to hear a little bit from behind the scenes. Best of luck with the rest of the run of the TV show this season, and a very happy Ramadan. Thank you, Mark. This uh, this interview was very interesting. I enjoyed it, and looking forward for uh, other talks as well. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have you back all the time. Uh, have a, sure, have a sure, lovely my one. pleasure. Take Have care. a lovely night. Take care. Bye. That is Chef May Yukubi right here on Behind the Scoop. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast and hope you enjoyed all those lovely cooking tips. Join us again tomorrow and don't forget to get in touch. And we'd love to hear from you who you would like to hear on the podcast as well. It's mark at scoopempire.com. Listener.